to Time Capsule episode number two with Katia and James. Uh, this episode was recorded in November 2019, so even older than Time Capsule number one. But uh, I just got done editing it, and I think it's a lot of fun. This one goes deep. It's uh, pretty philosophical. I think you're going to enjoy it. Just want to say real quick, the trigger warning, we do talk about suicide and depression so if you are not feeling it right now you know skip this episode come back or maybe just don't listen to it that'd be okay too. do what's best for you uh we mentioned it in the episode but just to throw it again uh if you do need to speak to someone you know there are places to find help reach out to a friend or a loved one uh, if you're in the u.s you can text 741 741 for the crisis text line it's also available in canada at 686-868 in britain text 85258 or you can call the suicide prevention hotline anytime at 1-800-273-8255 we also get into some other stuff talk about views on work animation just kind of pick on each other a little bit it's a lot of fun uh, if you're still sticking around, enjoy this episode, and uh, we'll see you soon. Love you. Bye. Freeze up. Oh, oh son. hi, baby. Oh, my son. Hello, my son. <laughs> He's like, hello. What's so his you name? Say it again. Yura. Yura? Yeah, so... uh, She's saying it with the Russian accent. It's it's Yuri, if you want to say it with her. No no accent. Yeah. We we named him after my grandfather who passed away about 10 years ago. Oh. Yeah, all of our animals are are rescues. So um, Aoki or Stinky behind me is is a rescue. Yudi is a rescue. Um, Our first cat, Simone, was a rescue. Um, I think Yudi was the first animal that we were actually able to name at the gate because the nature of rescues is they usually come with their own baggage and their own name. So uh, we got pretty lucky with him. We got him as like a little wee babe. So, yeah. I grabbed him and I was like, it's time for your cameo. <laughs> there we go. And then he peaced out. <laughs> oh, are those your kids back? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. The wailing and gnashing of teeth. This is great SMR. Yeah. It's, it's hard being six. I just wanted to play with you. Man, uh-huh. Minecraft is hard. Oh. Um. Speaking Aww. speaking of crying and sobbing and <laughs> make at inappropriate times, Katya, I wanted to apologize for my the bad joke I made in your Adobe live stream. Oh. Last time you were okay. on there. That's okay. We're still in a fight. I was not making a point about your hands. For those who weren't, I guess there wasn't that many people in there, but the people that were in there, you were drawing hands for your character and referencing your own hands. And I said, hey, maybe a hand model would help and you'd be able to do this. And what was the host, what was the host name? Uh, Paul, Paul Tranny. 
No. no uh, was, uh, oh gosh. Because it was the first day. It was a lady. I can't remember her oh. name though. Yeah, oh, she's so she's a typographer on the Adobe team, um, and she, she's she's also I think uh, I think my we had a really great contrast between our personalities, which I think made it even more yeah shocking because I was like joking around. I was like, oh, we're in a we're in a fight. Yeah. And she she, she just didn't understand that I was joking. <laughs> and I don't think chat understood that I was joking. So no, the only people that understood were you and James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the context of it was um I was on Adobe Live and I was doing um super stylistic hands that mm. don't need a hand model. It's it's like literally like little squigglies, like UPA style hands. Mm. And um I, I understood that you were like, Well you need a hand model and I'm like, Oh, I will kill you. <laughs> my my yeah. honor is at stake. So I, I took the time just to, to illustrate hands, um, which I think it, it is worth sort of pointing out. Like, people are really afraid of Adobe Illustrator. Like, they think that it's it's so meticulous and because it's, it's all vector-based, so it's all, like, computer math that you can't get beautiful results out of it. So I was like, oh, let's take this as an opportunity to draw hands. And I think chat just really wanted to whip somebody. So you ended up getting whipped. Uh, for like 15 I'm so minutes. <laughs> you really did. It was a long time. <laughs> they, were, they were just like going at you. And eventually I just stopped responding. I was like, no, no, that's not what I meant. She knows who I am. Oh, I was so just sorry. <laughs> no, it was very funny. But <laughs> the host was good. I thought she was actually getting mad because she probably didn't understand the the connection and i love no. james and just in the chat he's like stop he didn't <laughs> <laughs> poor zach <laughs> so, you didn't know what he's done no i'm glad i'm glad i was able to apologize to you and then we face. made I, I think thank you i think we made up for it because you agreed with me on how to how to pronounce gif yep yeah i strong-armed <laughs> you into it sure i'll probably say it both ways this time I'm a, <laughs> perfect an ambi pronouncer <laughs> how, how are you guys? Good. We've Tired. Been, yeah. No, life, life for us has been really good. Uh, personally, um, not a lot to complain about. We just came back from vacation. We went to NOLA, and then we went to uh, San Diego to CropCon um, with Matt Dawson. Yeah. Yeah, they asked us to MC, so that was a really great weekend. I we met a lot of really cool people, um, saw a ton of very talented people speak um we did the mural walk um of, of like ladies who paint nice. um so that was that was really fantastic um i think i think james and i have had lots of uh, ups and downs um mm -hmm. i and it's it's right now we're on a really nice up um he's he's over at FabFitFun and really happy with his job um i'm at buzzfeed right now i'm i'm very happy with my job um i think i don't know how much James wants to go into it, but James and I just recently lost some people. Um, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's the ebb and flow of life. Sure. Um, James, I don't know if you want to take a moment to discuss. Uh, yeah, sure. My, uh, uh, well, you know, the perspective that I've adopted on life lately is that, uh, as long as you have a choice to do something about anything, it's, uh, it's really just an inconvenience, not a problem. Cause even if something comes up and you're like, uh, you know, it's not the desired outcome. You're like, if you have a decision to do, 
if you have anything to like influence it in a different way, those are just inconveniences. And you know, life is full of inconveniences. It's it's only when you're presented with something that you have no choice to do anything about, is it a problem? And so, um, you know, one of my mentors recently uh, took his own life. Um, so yeah, he suffered from depression. So um, I've just been kind of bummed out about it, sure. and and kind of sad. Just you know, feeling my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's one problem that, that I have right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we both know this, it's, it was Michael Stinson. I don't know if you guys had ever had the chance to work with him. Super brilliant, uh, ran type ed here in Los Angeles. Um, he recently just got married to Rachel Elnar, his longtime partner. Yeah. And, um, he was at Adobe max and, and, and then he was no longer with us. And mm-hmm. it came as a shock to a lot of us because he mentored a lot of us in type. And, um, I'm recently coming less out of illustration and focusing more on type. So he, his teachings have been super prevalent in my work these past few months, so um, you really feel the void of a, a very talented, creative person that mentored you being gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. as somebody who suffers with anxiety and depression, I actually, I, uh, my live day was uh, last week. Mm-hmm. I attempted suicide three years ago. And so um, I always felt like I had a connection with him on mm-hmm. depression and, and mental health. And so, I don't know. You, you always, when somebody passes on, it's, it's what could I have done better? What can I have done more? How could I have celebrated this person better? How could I have been more active? And, um, I think a lot of us are just in that space right now. Just what could I have done differently? And, and like James said, like there's, there's nothing you could do about it right. um, at this point. So it's, it's been a little tough. Yeah. yeah it, you always said that survivor's guilt, but if you've ever been in that place in that dark moment and at that low, you will be able to know that no matter what anyone did differently, it wouldn't change your mindset at that time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You get so overwhelmed with, I call it like suicide seems like such a reasonable option when you're in so much pain emotionally that you just want it to, can we cuss? Yeah, please. Uh, You just want the shit to stop. And so to you, it's, you will do anything to make the shit stop. And to you, it's like, I guess killing myself seems totally reasonable because it's not going to stop otherwise. And which is totally flawed logic and totally illogical. And, you know, some of us are fortunate enough to, to be able to get out of those intrusive thoughts and some of us are not. So, so I think, I don't know, I, I can't speak for James, but I've, I've just been sort of throwing myself really into work and just trying to honor his spirit um, yeah. and, and keep keep moving forward. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a silly throw to, but uh, I really like this podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me. It's a comedy uh-huh. show with these three brothers and they give bad advice and then they also do that. a lot of comedy and stuff. But um, <laughs> a lot of times they have a lot of wisdom, especially, um, well, they all do. I don't want to throw any, but one of them, Justin McElroy, uh, is very profound in some of his writings and uh, he always i don't remember where he said if it was on the my brother my brother and me or the adventure zone but um <laughs> he said death is only the ending if you think the story is about you and <laughs> that's beautiful we're all part of this bigger story and holding on to that memory and what he taught you and <clears throat> what he did love the things that he held on to to get out of those dark moments is the best way to to honor that and his family I don't know if yeah, you guys sure. stay in touch with his wife, but yeah, yeah, she's a good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. 
be the best way to help her get through it too. Just honoring that. For sure. Yeah. But it sounds yeah, like cool. life's pretty good in the roundhouse. <laughs> it okay. is. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna unplug my computer to show you again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh I I was I've been having really terrible luck these past few years. I keep getting laid off. Um <laughs> which I is much better than getting fired over and over again. So I guess you gotta look on the bright side. Yeah. But uh I I got pulled onto this project at BuzzFeed for like a four day stint as an illustrator. And then um over the course of the four days there, this is uh, August, I was like, Oh, I can do some motion graphics. Like, oh yeah, I can edit this for you. Oh, I can do some like they had a boom mic that needed to be like tracked and rotoed out and painted out. And I was like, Oh, I could do that. I haven't done it in ten years, yeah. but I can do it. And it just, and then uh, I overheard a conversation about like UI needs, and I was like, "Well, I can do some stuff. Like, what do you guys need help with?" And then I find out it's like literally two weeks worth of stuff that needs to be done in four days, and I have my own workload. I was like, "I think you should hire a UI person." <laughs> Long story short, we ended up doing that. Um, she did some stuff, but then I ended up picking that up, and here we are, like three, four months later, and I'm like, the dedicated UI resource on this team which is awesome you know but uh it's it's been a huge journey for me since my background is in the animation my design chops have been really on show for for a couple of months um so yeah that's been that's been really exciting and fun (laughs) and willing to pivot like you can hear the opportunity and seeking it because that's something I'm interested in about like the pattern of like all the jobs that you've had seem pretty different from each other and like whether you sought them out or not, you said yes to them and learned along the way. You know, I, I had an opportunity when I was still in college and I, for, I forgot what the opportunity was. I forgot what I was doing, but I remembered being asked if I do backgrounds. And I went on this like five minute tirade about, I don't do backgrounds, I'm a character person, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And I needed a ride yeah. home. So the head of the studio gave me a ride home that night. And he said, um, can I give you a bit of advice? And I said, sure. And he goes, don't talk about what you cannot do. Um, people aren't interested in what you can't do. They're interested in what you can do. And even if you have like a mild understanding of it, don't sell yourself short and say that you can't do it because you might you might be surprised. Um, needless to say, they never asked for me back. So ever since then, I've had a very almost aggressive sort of take on what is that? I want to try it. What is that? I want to mm-hmm. learn it. So I, I started off at Disney as an intern um, and just kept throwing myself at any open opportunity that I could come across at Disney Interactive. Ended up landing on the YouTube team. And even then, I, I just was like, I want to help write. I want to help produce. I want to help source you know, animation studios. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then I uh, ended up at a company called Scopely when I got laid off. And I was like, cool. I've always wanted to make a video game. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I have a lot of the skills that apply, so let's yeah. do it. And I have the confidence to know, like, between Google and, like, my my professionalism and my experience and my skill set, I could figure it out, which I did. And then I got laid off. And, you know, just consistently, you know, working at a, at a enamel pin company. I've never done mechanical drawings, but I'm very proficient at Illustrator. So I always try to focus not on the, the final product, but the skills that are required to get that final product done. So it's the same mm-hmm. thing at BuzzFeed. I got hired as an illustrator and I'm like, cool, I can make pretty beautiful drawings, but I also know how to build stuff in Photoshop and Illustrator and 
figure stuff out in InDesign and how to export PSDs out of XD, which I still don't understand why we did that, but I figured it out, you know? Um, I, I, at one point I had to work in Premiere, which Mm -hmm. I'm a master in After Effects. So Premiere comparatively is like nothing. It's very easy, but I had never used it before. And I'm like low key panicking because I'm like, I don't know how to do transitions. I don't, why do, why are, where are my layers, you know? And, and just switching my brain into a different space again has just Mm -hmm. allowed me to be like yeah i'll do it and um i just don't show people the panic in your eyes um go (laughs) go to the go take like a poop break and like (laughs) google it if you need to and like figure it out because people people want solutions they want to be solution based and and if Mm -hmm. you could figure it out then they'll love you and they'll keep you and they'll pay you Um, you kind of have to develop like this poker face of like gaining, kind of taking in information. Okay, okay, okay. And then, okay. So like, you don't necessarily know what other people are thinking either who have a really well-developed poker face. It's kind of the whole fake it till you make it type yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at Disney, the, I'm lucky I started my career at Disney because I learned a lot about sort of corporate structure and the art of saying no without saying no. It's like, <laughs> I would watch the executives in meetings and, um, they would be presented with something that somebody really wants to do and and i could tell that they don't like the idea and they're like yeah okay we'll try that and it's like no that's a horrible Mm -hmm. idea and we're gonna attempt it but no (laughs) you know so yeah having that poker face is is crucial Hmm. james i think you were gonna say something oh yeah i think so uh, I think that that's a really important mindset um, to adopt. There's this like willingness to learn. And this is something I teach my team too because oh, my team, uh, they're all very talented designers but with different strengths. And, um, you know, uh, just uh, rounded out in different ways. And so um, in areas where they, they need improvement, and you know, the same for me is I always tell them like everything is a skill. And if as long as you're willing to practice that skill, you're going to get better at it. And the important thing is to believe that you're capable of doing it and to go in there and actually try to do it. Because if you, there's like two, two camps that you um, occupy, you have your mental camp and then you're like, you're like being in your body and physically being capable of doing something. And if mentally you're already striking out saying like, I'm not able to do this, you've already pretty much lost it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and I have to say, you know, when James and I first started dating, I was in animation at Disney and I was like, I'm an animator. I'm a filmmaker. I don't do graphic design, blah, 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 blah. I can't be bothered to learn about typography. And Look being, at her now. I mean, now. I'm like the exact, I'm on an animation team and they call me the like dedicated designer. Yeah. Um, and so I really have to give credit to the people that surround me, specifically James, consistently exposing me to things that I never cared anything about and and it's like exposure therapy you know I I had this mindset of like this is what I'm gonna do and it it made my life really difficult it was really hard to find work because it's a very difficult industry to get into and keep a job in I think that's my cat meowing is it is it my son it is my son um so being around James and his friends and his design um, mentality made me realize, oh, you know what? Typography is really important because I do have to typeset titles and uh, being able to have like a really strong composition in film is very similar to having composition on 
a spread or a website or an app or a game and just um, becoming more open-minded about who I think I am and what I am capable of, I have to credit James for that because otherwise I think I'd still be unemployed and complaining about not being able to find a job if I hadn't learned to be flexible from him. Right. Because mm, in the beginning, did you think you had to have kind of a certain niche to market yourself in? Yeah, and I think it's like a very delicate balance. So um, I am very much a master of what I do. I could draw the pants off of, literally, off of anyone. Yeah. Um, and and that's good and great, but there's only so many job opportunities in that field. So I think if, if you um, sort of have this mentality of like, I'm a master of this one thing, you have to be aware that that does come with risks. It's great because now you're this master but the, the downside is um, there's only so many masters needed for so many jobs. Mm -hmm. So um, I think just, again, like being flexible, being open. And um, I think I also became really stagnant um, in my artwork, my, my personal work, um, up until I basically started branching out and doing other types of work. And I would see direct correlation between my personal artwork and working at a game studio and now making stuff for final, because I was I was doing uh, pre-production and like mm -hmm. really watery sort of abstract paintings, and now I'm doing stuff that's like going to final and polish in um, Scopely for games. So that started to influence my personal work, and then doing enamel art influenced my personal work, mm -hmm. and and now I'm at Buzzfeed, and that's influencing my personal work. And so just having the ability to adapt and and know what your your thing is and add, like James said, add skills to it. It's, it's not going to detract from your mastery. It's only going to make it mm -hmm. better and it's going to make you sharper. And I think it'll, it'll keep you from being burnt out as well. Yeah. I'd imagine the hobbies play a lot into that too. Like with Taekwondo or like dancing, I think you did it a couple of years ago that like it, at least for me, that keeps me from becoming stagnant too. Like don't want to stay with one thing for too long. Right. And, filters back into or like freelance filtering into your full-time job so I feel like that's good to yeah. like if you're feeling stagnant change it up a little bit for sure good um I I picked up running about a year and a half two years ago mm. uh, like I mentioned I suffer from depression and I was having a hard time finding work and I and I hated running I was not a runner I I started with an app called couch to 5k oh yeah and yeah. And it, it's um, interval training. And it literally, if you've never run and you hate running, it could get you running a, th a 5K within about, I would say, like four or five months reasonably. I know the program's program set for, for nine weeks, but reasonably, like two to three or four months. And that really taught me a lot about taking things a little bit at a time, working at it every day. Um, and, and seeing sort of the natural progression of just hmm. keeping at it, you become better at it. Um, and I think more than anyone, I think James can speak a lot to how their hobbies, you know, bolster their confidence and, and their outlook on life. I don't know if you want to go into that, James. Oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so you, you talked a little bit about Taekwondo and martial arts. So I'm a jujitsu practitioner. And <clears throat> what's interesting is in the world of martial arts, jujitsu is tied very much as the only practical self-defense martial art uh, but this is true but only to the extent that uh you are on the ground and the person is willing to like hug you <laughs> yeah. yeah i think it's more martial than art 
Yeah, so <laughs> um, the interesting thing is, uh, just like Kat said, and this, there's a lot of parallels in martial art as well as like design. Uh, <laughs> if you kind of go more holistically and draw yourself back, you start to see, oh, a punch is a punch. But like, you know, over here, they're punching over like this. And over there, they're punching like that. And so the same, same for, you know, people that work in post-production, they're like title setting and, and after effects and premiere. And they're still using type, you know, there's a still, they're, they're using the same ingredients. Um, and then the same as like, I don't know if you guys watch like uh, professional um, fighting leagues or anything, but uh, like every different... count absolutely counts. Okay. <laughs> it absolutely counts. Um, there's uh, basically all, all throughout the world. You'll see that people are doing the same thing, but with different variations. So wrestling, uh, very American, but like in Russia, it's called Sambo and they, they have like different skills and tool sets. And then if you go to Japan, they're using judo and they're using Japanese jujitsu. And then same for like just straight up striking. We have American boxing, which is just like, you know, your two limbs, uh, your, your, your fists. And then you've got kickboxing, which uses four limbs. And then you go to Thailand, they're using, uh, they're using eight limbs, they're using the elbows and the knees as well. And then if you go to somewhere like uh, Myanmar, they, they're, they're practicing something called lethway, which introduces the headbutt, which is a whole new, whole new tool. Yeah. Wow. Headbutts, they're real. <laughs> I think, level. I think I've really seen James's confidence and, and willingness to set boundaries, like professional boundaries, really evolve since uh, you took up BJJ. I think it's really helped you build up your, your ability to like know what you're willing to put up with and know what you're willing to give. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing to discuss because martial arts has really been the one thing that has like helped me define myself in that aspect of my life but that's something that we really don't talk about a lot as creative professionals and it's such a required skill is understanding what you can and cannot commit to and so I personally am a I'm a people pleaser so when somebody's like James I have this project I want to I want to work with you on it <clears throat> I'm afraid to hear no I'm afraid to ask how much money they have I'm afraid to ask when they need to buy, and I'm I'm just like, oh, okay, let's let's do it. But it's really important to be like, like let's let's have those weird crucial conversations and and talk about whether or not I can do it, and then um, being able to draw a boundary and say like, hey, you know, like we're we're not meeting each other halfway. Like this is not this is not something I can like put up with. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say. Yeah, I've had actually in the last month or two situations where instead of following the structure of like, okay, let's really set up a solid foundation here to walk forward together in this project. I just say, yes. It, yeah. I had a couple of websites oh, no. that actually blew up in my face, but oh, we're no. okay now. We're okay. But it was more of like, oh, you want a website in two weeks and we're not going to scope it out. Cause I just want to make you happy and say like, yes, jump how high. <laughs> yeah. So totally. Yeah. And it's interesting how different hobbies, like, well, learning any kind of skill helps you see, I, I would say, the world or, like, what your surroundings look like in a different way to apply that kind of infrastructure to it. And so I love that. Like, it's like that methodology that you can apply to your life now. Okay. Yeah, we have, a, we have a buddy that we met through swing dancing, um, and he's over at DreamWorks Animation, and he pointed out um, That was a great me, sense, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, he pointed out to me that his timing, his sense of timing got much better once he started dancing more. So absolutely. Any sort of hobby that you have, I think to give you space away from your creativity is important. Um, especially if you get a, get up 
off your ass and like move super super important but also yes absolutely it's going to give you a new perspective or a new lens to look at what you're doing um like 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 i said he said that his timing and this is somebody that's at at dreamworks so you would think their timing is already on point for animation Mm -hmm. he went from on the twos to on the ones right yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and uh he just he said ever since i started dancing my my sense of timing my sense of rhythm my my understanding of like kind of there's no way to explain that other than to to hear it um right now i'm working with somebody who worked on um that the head of the animation department at buzzfeed um she's worked on a ton of crazy special effects stuff like her her animation skills are amazing and we have conversations that are like like the having a sense of rhythm is so important to animation and you don't really understand that well, it's, it's an important thing to communicate that like there's a translation process for sure that uh is not really well pioneered in my opinion from handoff of like motion design to like engineering yeah right yeah yeah um i was on again this buzzfeed project it's actually live now it's uh kidhq.com i think um it's it's a project with walmart and and um mattel uh walmart and barbie and um anyway we were looking at how to implement graphic design and and motion and and there's so much that gets lost in the process between sort of the artist and the engineer Mm -hmm. and so um my producer um cj who pulled me onto this project he goes do you know what Lottie is? And I'm like, no, is that like a person? Like what the hell is Lottie? And he's like, well, it's this thing. We're going to see if we can implement it. And I'm like, cool. Did some research, Mm. right? Body moving. And I think there's maybe like a a dozen people that know what the hell it is and understand (laughs) how it works and how to export to it. And I have to figure it out. So I spent like a day or two just kind of figuring it out, working it out. And I put together like a little Google doc of like, what the fuck is Lottie? How do you use it? It sounds really confusing. And it's kind of like uh, just this like Lottie for dummies because there's only technical documentation on the internet for it. And I put it in front of CJ who tells me to share it with the head of our department who then asks me to send it to the technical team. So we go from like the internal BuzzFeed team of like five, six, seven people asking for access to like, I think that document's like 60 people deep now. I don't know who these people are. (laughs) I don't know whether they're even related to this project at all, but to have somebody like me who has a really strong understanding of After Effects go, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, this makes no sense. And, And you have to present that to people that have no understanding of After Effects or motion or engineering to be able to communicate that sort of stuff is really important. So I, I, I was very fortunate to kind of write the book of Lottie for dummies for, for like a good couple dozen people. It's, it it's really fun. It's oh, and so I, yeah, I did a Medium article um, on it too. Oh, nice. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I wonder, can I share my screen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope- I think so. I think I, I think I messaged James that day and I was like, do you know what Lottie is? And he's like, I've heard of it. And I'm like, I'm supposed to master it. And he's like, okay, good luck. I think I've referenced, I think I've used, I think I used this medium article to show my boss how to use it. At my Did last you really? Job. Yeah. <gasps> because I had to get some elements onto the webpage and they were like, can you export to JSON or HTML5 or anything? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? And I'm like, Here's the JSON file. I don't know what it means, but here, do yeah. something with this. 
And it's such a shit show when you're in After Effects, all the different things you can't do with it. Because it, like, totally destroyed my whole workflow. Like, oh, yeah. the way fill colors work and the way... Or don't work. Or don't work. <laughs> and I think at the time I was doing it, you couldn't use any clipping mask. And then they yeah. updated it in the middle of the project. And you could use some clipping mask, but not all clipping mask. Right. It's, yeah. It's amazing, but it's also foobar, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. I uh, Yeah, this Medium article that I did on it, it, it James is clicking through it right now. Um, Put it in the show notes. I, it's, it's literally like all these different things have to come together. And just the exporting process is a little weird and funky. <clears throat> and I'm like, cool, I did it. I exported it. Let's take a look. And I'm not doing anything even that crazy. And I got a broken image. And I was like, <laughs> what? And it took me three hours to realize you cannot use maps. any layer styles you can't <laughs> use drop shadows you can't use opacity like there's just like a long list of stuff you could not do yeah. and um it was just like it's such a powerful thing but there's only so many things you could do with it so if you use it strictly for motion um it's great but yeah it i i, I totally feel you it, it fucked up my workflow that is the only way to put it it just it fucked my shit up I couldn't use any, <laughs> it. Well, I think I've shown Courtney. I should put. I'll put a link in the show notes to this too. But a link of yeah. my workspace with all of the plugins I have. Oh after God! Effects. How did you end up solving for that? Did you just do like pre comps that you mm -hmm. like rendered and then you shove it all together? Yeah. If I needed a drop shadow, now it's a pre comp. Yeah. You know, with a black pre comp underneath it. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Essential graphics though have saved everything with master yeah. master properties are insane it's probably the best okay. thing adobe's ever done i'm gonna have to look into that yeah master properties instead if you make an essential graphic uh yeah i'll show you later because i've done this oh before God. to courtney and just totally like bored her for five minutes talking about how after <laughs> effects it. works I love it. but like um i had to make a box with six different logos on the side uh -huh. and all of those needed to be in one scene Right. So I made the box, put the six logos on there, made a slider effect property on an adjustment layer. And if it's set to one, then this logo shows up. Three, this logo shows up. And you make it an essential graphic, go back to your main comp, put it in there, and just use the slider effect those six times. You can add the box in there with each logo from one pre-comp. Is it basically like a smart object for After Effects? Basically, yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. It's like, yeah. Thanks, Adobe. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. I feel like as we've become much more powerful on, on the um, technical side of things, on what we can do, what we can accomplish, what we can push to, at the same time, we've become so simple and like, like sticks and stones in our design because some of the tech is just not there in terms of complexity and what it can handle. Yeah. And we're seeing this beautiful resurgence of like simple shapes, you know, graphic elements like nothing too complicated and it just gives you these beautiful sort of like elegant solutions that i feel like we if you, if you guys remember like the grunge sort of like everything has texture in like the 2000s and it was just like if i never oh, look use, at all these gradients Ooh. if i never have to use a love of thunder again my life would be <laughs> you guys remember that font no, no. Large, no. Look it up. A love of thunder. Oh, All right, I'm looking it up it right now. It was a large uh, 
I'll look it up. Block Sans Serif with this grungy texture built into it. The font. Uh, it's uh, everywhere. Is it, is it, <laughs> I see. Is it like a old school lobster? Not like everyone's used lobster. It's got the same like. Yeah. There it is. Ubiquity, like it's it was everywhere. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it was That's free. So yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Speaking of free fonts, um, free fonts are not free. No. I, I'd like to put that. I don't know if anyone's talked about that yet on the on here, but um, I have had a hell of a headache going through people's files over at BuzzFeed and being like, "Do we have rights to this font? Do we have rights to this font?" And then having to change fonts out um, constantly because people don't go into the weeds of like Adobe Typekit or Google Fonts um, or whatever they get off of like. 1000 fonts or duff font or squirrel font or all of these things like squirrel it may be free font, to yeah. download but it may not be free to use um <laughs> and i think if you're a student like or you're just using it like at school like it's fine but if you're working on a project for like walmart and mattel all of your fonts yeah. have to be legit um so yeah it's I, I found out there's actually a font police by the way oh. um yeah, they're called they're called lawyers. Oh, <laughs> well played. Um, yeah. So, so to to just piggyback on that uh, comment, it, I think that's really what separates one one aspect of what separates um, hobbyists from professional practitioners, right? Is being uh, being legit, being un, under being able to understand the context of your environment. It's 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 like knowing whether or not you have to bring a. <clears throat> I don't know one tool, but then like bringing another. What, I don't know what's a good metaphor. I'm usually so good with these. It's like <laughs> bringing. It's like bringing a Nerf gun when you need a BB gun or something. Yeah, it's like bringing a, a gun to a knife fight. There you go. <clears throat> or vice versa, bringing a knife to a gunfight. Well, it, the the whole thing is like you when you practice in like a loosey goosey way. Um, what it actually does is just sets people up for failure later, and so the fact that someone who hasn't considered that design decision or hasn't anticipated that like this is going to be built on a house of cards that will like fuck up the pipeline later mm -hmm. um is is really telling what what they call it is a low competency indicator of how they're practicing their craft that's like <clears throat> when i take my car to the mechanic and i pop the hood and i see it's held together by zip ties i'm like why would you do it like this yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, James has worked at a couple of places like Live Nation. He's at FabFitFun right now. You've worked at Disney. Like having a level of um, a sort of like I'm here to protect you guys and I'm here to make you look good mentality. I think has really served you well in your in your career, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Um, and even during my time, like working for movie marketing, I worked uh, I worked on the agency side. We worked on ton of feature film websites um we were still super legit with our font practices there too and i mean the interesting thing about like designing movie websites is uh believe it or not they don't get a ton of traffic huh. yeah yeah i think everybody goes to like imdb or rotten tomatoes yeah, yeah. Or rotten yeah, they, tomatoes. yeah. they're not they're not going to like <clears throat> i don't know what was the last marvel film that came out um drstrange.com let's see yeah yeah exactly they're not going to like ironman.com actually yeah, that's a bad they might actually be going to ironman.com <laughs> well those websites are now i remember back in the 2000s right it was like here's where you could find the trailer here's where you could see times here's where you could see this that and the other um and now it's like 
you have to have some sort of a gimmick for people to go to your website, like some sort of activation, some sort of contest, right? Mm -hmm. And James, you could definitely speak to that. Yeah, it's more about the thing about movie websites is it's really hard to measure the the quote unquote success of it, right? Because the whole point of any kind of website, any channel that you're trying to communicate in marketing is uh, you want to you want to measure how effective it is, and, and for for movie making, it's how, it, the act of conversion is actually getting somebody's butt in the theater and watching the movie. <clears throat> but the conversion doesn't happen on the movie website. the The movie website is all marketing. So let's say you're a Harry Potter fan, you go to HarryPotter.com and you become, <clears throat> you know, you get sorted by the Sorting Hat, and you, you find out which. Me too. <laughs> I'm slow. Are you really Hufflepuff? Nah, nah, dude, I'm way too nice. That's what. That's... <laughs> Are you all Hufflepuff? I'm yeah. a Hufflepuff. I'm a Slytherin. Nice. I'm a Hufflepuff, that I, and I wish You're I was a Slytherin. You're cunning. <laughs> But yeah, so you you get sorted. We'll accept you that. for who you are, not like this fucking Gryffindor. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> sorry, James, I interrupted you twice. That's okay. <clears throat> uh, yes, yeah, so it's it's all about getting people excited. But the point in which somebody purchases the movie ticket is like in the box office. It's on Fandango.com. It's on AMC.com. It's on uh, Rip Movie Pass. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think we, we shared a cab ride with somebody from CropCon in San Diego, another designer. She was she's an art director for uh, billboards, something yeah, like I, that. Yeah, I'll tell you the details. She works at um, a company called Outfront Media, which is uh, it's like an out of home marketing agency. Okay. So so they do all the billboards, the bus kings, um, the bus stops, all that stuff. So she was saying, because we were asking her, like, what are the metrics for success for a billboard? Like, there's there's no digital tracker, there's no click count there. And she said, um, what we do is we we monitor sort of what the sales are in that area, or you know, we we know how many cars drive by. We know how. She said something like, with billboards, you have eight seconds of somebody's time. Yeah. And so they have to get shorter than that, or even shorter than that, three, right? depending on how fast you're going. So um, she was saying they have to be clean. They have to be very easily legible. They have to get to the point. She said something else like they have to be funny or they have to like be very captivating and memorable. Memorable, I think, is what she said. Mm. Um, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Christo from the future. He had a guest uh, instructor, um, Errol Garner from, from Art Center. And uh, the interesting, t- this is relevant. <clears throat> the, the, quote, the, the quote that he you said promise. that I told, yeah, <laughs> the quote that he says um, that I told Cat recently was, uh, "If people don't talk about you when you leave, did you ever really arrive?" Mm. Yeah. Definitely works for billboards. What if it's bad too. stuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're in the forefront yeah. of your mind. Yeah, so it's memorable. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering if Courtney's been talking bad stuff about me in the podcast. Good job, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta market us. Well, now people are gonna want to hear your horrible podcast if that's the case, right? Like that's that's yeah. the whole thing. Is like, how it's bad is it? Like now I need to find out for myself. It's true. Mm-hmm. It and has... I don't think anyone anyone said anything bad about you guys. <laughs> you've only had you've only had positive positive things said about you. Unless I go on Adobe Live. Unless you go on Adobe Live, yes. You could. 
<laughs> just stake it out <laughs> like every day of your life. <laughs> gonna drop this bomb. <laughs> I'm gonna be on Adobe Live one day. We'll make it happen. Do it. Only if you guys will come on with me. Yeah, we'll come on with you. I'll do a burlesque show. James will like wrestle some people. <laughs> I've I've seen how small that room is. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you guys at before LA? Or have you moved there? Or did changing um, subjects? Well, James James was born here. Okay. Do you come out Got with it. an avocado, or do they give it to you like? <clears throat> when you no, they charge you. For... No, they charge you for it. Okay. Only eight dollars <laughs> though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, both of us are, are locals. I, I guess you could say. I mean, James James was born in. Well, I, I don't want to speak for James, so I'll jump around and tell my story. Um, I'm actually an immigrant. I came from the USSR. I am a relic of my time and my people. Uh, we long, very, long, very, very long story short, my dad claimed that we were Jewish, which was the only way to get out of the USSR at the time. This was 1989. Nice. Um, we were homeless in Italy for about a year because that was kind of the only country that we could go to as immigrants that had nowhere to go yeah. while we waited for visas um, we came to the united states we lived in utah because um, when you immigrate you get put into an open city mm. so um, that's why you have high concentrations of certain demographics of immigrants um, in certain cities like detroit or whatever because that's where a lot of russian people were sent in the 80s um and so atlanta. we were sent atlanta too yeah yeah it's it's super bizarre um so we were sent to Salt Lake City, and the Mormons were very, very, very friendly to us and very kind. Um, it was also with the understanding and the exchange of, okay, so you're going to be a Mormon now. Um, my dad played it very smart, and he said, you know, we're, we're, we're from Soviet Union. We don't have uh, uh, Christianity there. We don't understand it. Let me read. Let me do research, and then I make decision. And they said, yeah, that's great. That's fine. And um, my dad basically used that time to like get us to LA. Yeah. So I, I've lived all over LA. I've lived on the West side. I've lived in Burbank. I've lived in North Hollywood. I've lived in Hollywood, Hollywood. Um, I've lived in Venice, Santa Monica, um, West Hollywood. I've lived all over the place. Um, and James and I first started living together in Burbank. And then uh, a couple of years ago, we moved out here to Tahunga in our geodesic dome, which is <laughs> literally a half a half a circle house. great (laughs) i love that diversion technique appeal to what they like and then go the other way i like that yeah i mean that's what all designers do right it's like uh oh yeah that's that's all uh user experience design is it's it's like being a magician you just like you're like your thing's coming hold on and then and then boom there it is yeah (laughs) I mean, even when we were talking about Google earlier, I was an IT director for a while at a job where I was a designer, photographer, and videographer. And they were like, you wear glasses here. Be the IT director for until we find somebody else. Oh, no. And if I know, if I remember anything about IT, it's that the people that work in IT are just a little bit better at Google than everybody else. (laughs) And also the divergent, like, just hold on. It's coming. I'll get to you this afternoon. I'm swamped with tickets. There's no tickets. They just have to figure out what the fuck is going on so they can fix your computer and then get it back to you. But yeah, designers do that too. Mm. 
and animators and video editors. We all do it. Yeah, when I said that I was going to paint out the boom mic, I was like, oh, yeah, like I know how to do that. Um, It wasn't working, and I couldn't figure out for the life of me what was wrong. And I was using Mocha, like I – and. I had worked, I had worked in shake. I don't know if you know what shake is, but it's like this old school, like compositing program. It's like modular and node based and like really clunky. Nobody uses it anymore. And I was like, cool, I'll just use Mocha. Cause that's like with the new Adobe CC and, um, hooked everything up, everything's working and, 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 and it doesn't look right. And mm-hmm. I went home and I'm sweating bullets and I'm like, this is due tomorrow morning. What the fuck am I going to do? Like, I can't just tell them I'm the only person that knows how to composite and I don't know what I'm doing. And James can attest to this. I'm like taking a shower, watching YouTube videos on how to like composite. <laughs> and I'm like, just like for a good three hours, I was like, I, I think I'm going to lose my job because I can't figure it out. And I think I went to bed. Like, I think I know what I did wrong. I'm going to try it in the morning. And then I got, got into work the next morning. What was missing um, was a null layer. Do you, have you, yeah. have you ever done? Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't track my data to it a null layer. It wasn't anything. Right. So yeah. um, it, when I was applying it directly to what needed to be replaced with. So it was like in a weird spot and I couldn't figure out why. And just long story short, it was like such a simple fix. But if you don't know what to Google, you're fucked. Which producer so I, was it? Was it Adam? No, it wasn't oh. Adam. Oh. <laughs> just tell him, um, give me a fucking clean slate next time. And then yeah. don't worry about it. No, and I had I had to like paint in like what was it it was it was a big to do and it was great like I I enjoyed every minute of it and I think the other thing too which I don't think we have we've touched on yet is um you may be panicking on the inside but don't show it on the outside because it scares the troops it's really important <laughs> yeah. um you there's only room for one or two gripers on an entire <laughs> team and if 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 somebody's already griping shut up and just. <laughs> smile get everyone coffee get everyone some donuts like you, you it's better to be complain on your own personal time complain to your wife or your husband or your pillow or your video games or yell at people in overwatch like whatever you got to do <laughs> but if there's already somebody that's being negative on any production no matter what team you're on um it's better to just steer clear of it because it it's very contagious and if i hadn't mm-hmm. been so positive and like oh yeah i can do it don't worry Oh yeah, because everyone was panicking. Somebody had to be the one that's like, "Oh, it's fine, you guys. It's fine. It's fine. We're gonna bippity boppity boo through it." Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I I panicked at home and in private, in the shower. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you did what, you know, any good person would do, and you come up with the idea of how to fix it when you're either in the shower, going to bed, or taking a shit. That's where we all come yeah. up with the solution for things. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a blast. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we'll love to have you on again. Um, I'll tell you some secrets about where we're going in the future when we get done recording. But is there anything that you would like to share or plug coming up? Oh, did you guys have to fight Jason Craig to get the MC spot at for what at crop? <laughs> oh no, no, was he was cool with it. Him. Okay, no, were it's we just, supposed to? No, I just. He, <laughs> The first no one. one told me. No one told me. Elbow Jason in the head. <laughs> no, I think. No, I think he's a cool guy. Uh, no, but I did not know that he was interested in it. And if if I would have known, I would have been like, "Go for it, dude." No, he's emceed everyone I've been at, so he, oh. he probably wanted the break. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, no, we were just approached. I think James was approached. Nice. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt 
uh, hit me up and he just asked me if I'd be interested. And I think it was a combination of a couple of serendipitous things. Right. One that we're California local, nice. so it's not a very far um, trek for us to uh, think. I think we do a pretty decent job emceeing. Oh, you guys do a wonderful job emceeing. <laughs> oh, thank you. I think. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like our dynamic is like I'm like the wild, crazy man. And James is a straight man, and we balance each other out. And I can never remember anything, and James remembers everything. So every detail, it's just everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. And you know, it's it's funny. I feel like there's several people in the design community that um, put themselves forward as MCs and are very good at it. And and when we got asked to do this thing, it was like, yeah, sure, of course. Like very casually, like we we do it because we enjoy it, or we we enjoy the people or the conference. And um, this is not the first time that we've been asked, like, did you have to fight so-and-so for this role? And we're like, <laughs> we're not fighting anybody for anything. Like, no. we're just, people just like us and they ask for us to come back. Like, I was just picking they can on have Jason. it if they feel so strongly about it. Yeah. No, I was giving Jason a hard time. You guys don't have to fight anybody to be the MCs of my heart. You always have um, as far as plugging things, um, just sort of to, to bookend all of this, and it, I'm sorry to be a, da a downer, but no. it, this is really important to me. Please. Um, we talked about our mentor, Michael St uh, Stinson, taking his life, and I, I'm a big proponent on mental health and people having access to resources. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really great text hotline. They're available 24 hours um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It, all you have to do is text 741-741 if you're in the United States. And um, they're there for you for um, any sort of crisis that you're moving through. If you're having a terrible day, if you're having um, suicidal ideation, if you're being bullied, any of those sorts of things, they are incredibly helpful. They are there for you. And just, um, I want people to know that that is a resource that is out there and available to them so that we can keep all of you here and, and everybody is cherished. And, and, and if you really feel like there's no one there to talk to you, sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger than to a friend or, or someone close to you because there, there's no judgment, that there's just support. So 741-741 for that crisis text line. Absolutely, yeah. thank you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take a moment to um, plug your book too? Because I think it's really relevant. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I wrote a book about my anxiety and my depression. It's called um, Anxiety in Wonderland. It's available on um, on Amazon. You could buy the hard copy there. I think it's like $25. Um, and then I actually have the digital version available for free for Kindle. I feel like these resources should be accessible and available to people. So if you can't afford the book for 25 that's okay. You could just get the Kindle app which I believe is free, or you can get an expensive Kindle just to get this book. It's up to you, however you want to do it. <laughs> but yeah, it's called Anxiety in Wonderland, and it um, it's all of my artwork that I did while I was doing art therapy, moving through a lot about my anxiety and my depression. And mm -hmm. um, I've I've been told that it's, it's, it's helped a lot of people explain what they're going through or just feel a little less alone for what they're moving through. So that's out there. And... Yeah, thank you. I, 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 it didn't occur to me to even mention that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Link in the yeah. show notes too. And um, yeah, thank you guys again so much, James. Where can we find you guys on Twitter and Instagram? Um, so I'm, I only have one handle for the internet, which oh, is oh Jamesy. Oh Jamesy, that's right. It's spelled O H James and then the letter Y. Um, so that's that's me on everything, and then. 
cat i know you have a couple right i have a couple the primary one that i think most people use is um my instagram which is katia designs things i have a couple of others but this one is the main one that has all of my artwork on there sometimes i do tutorials or time lapses and then i'm just now getting onto tiktok nice. which um i'm just kind of posting my design angst i did like a ball of death rave a couple of days ago <laughs> And a couple of other things. So if you're interested, if you're on TikTok, and I think that's where um, there's a lot of room for designers to start showcasing their work. And I, I recommend everyone to, ch to check it out and try it out. I'm Katia La Mode there. So K-A-T-I-A-L-A-M-O-D-E. Um, and I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. Yep. Um, so you can find me there. That's her Twitch channel too. Oh yeah, and I do have a Twitch channel that I'm neglecting because I'm coming home so late, but I'm, <sighs> I'm going to be... I'll be returning probably in January on that. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks again, guys. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Thank thanks, you. Bye. Bye.